Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Putin losing in Ukraine, or is he losing in Ukraine? And if he's losing, what will he do to win? Exactly how far will the man go? But wasn't this a guy who was supposed to be able to take the country in 36 hours? What the hell happened? How'd they get that wrong? What did they not identify? What did they misappropriate in their in their view as as strength and vigor? Perhaps it was a total lack of understanding of how willing the Ukrainian people were to fight. How so much of Putin's plan was predicated on the idea that the Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky, would run for cover, would hide like Justin Trudeau being honked at. Remember, they honked at Justin Trudeau, so he went someplace safe. Justin Trudeau will never be the man that is... Vladimir Zelensky. And I'm not here to say that I'm going to like everything Zelensky has ever done or ever will do. I'm going to say that the moment his people needed him, he was there. The moment people needed their president to be willing to stand up for them, he was there. He did not run and hide. He stayed and he is still fighting. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. So good to be with you. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. That is the number. Maybe that's where Putin miscalculated. Maybe Putin miscalculated because he thought his army was ready, but these guys, they just thought this was going to be a cakewalk. And they literally walked. No energy, no effort. Then they met resistance and they didn't know what to do. All militaries are only as good as the first bullet fired in their direction. That's when you know exactly how committed your team is. When the bullets fly, do they keep advancing? The Russian military didn't seem to be too interested in having this whole dang conversation. No part of it whatsoever. None. So rather, they have been bogged down. There have been a lot of conversations, and I got into it with Major Mike Lyons, military analyst, West Point graduate, retired Major United States Army, about some of the things that we're seeing here. But I, I, I want to dig a little bit deeper before I share that conversation with you. Because there are some other things at play here that we're going to be talking about throughout the day. And, and two of these things... Something that I got wrong and something that I got very right and I didn't realize exactly how right it may be because you only learn what you learn as you learn it. And the first is, I'm one of the people who said that Russia could take the country in 36 hours. Everything I had read, everybody I had talked to said the same thing. I'm very annoyed when I don't give you perfect information. But maybe it's that I didn't get, I, 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 I gave you the right information but I didn't include all the factors, which I need to do a better job of ensuring that I do. Because when you take a look at 150,000 troops, they clearly could have gotten directly to Ukraine, they, uh, to, to Kiev, if that's where they were going to go to. They could have engaged this. They could have engaged a bombing of Kiev that absolutely not just decimated the city, but ruined them and demoralized them and made taking the rest of the country easier. 
So maybe I was right. They could have taken the country in 36 hours. But it didn't dawn on me they would do this. And even as Major Lyons was on the show saying things weren't going as fast as they, he thought uh, they, they would, I'm like, I'm not quite sure I see it. Over this weekend, I think everybody really saw it. That this was, this was bumbling in a way. And how in the world does Vladimir Putin get himself into a bumbling kind of situation? And that's where we were more right than we knew. We discussed the, this, this concept. And what we said was, together, what we said was, was that Vladimir Putin takes the fall of the Soviet Union personally. He was a KGB agent, trained for 15 years, served in East Germany. He takes the fall of the Soviet Union as a personal failing. And he was committed to rebuilding Mother Russia, reunifying Mother Russia. He was going to make Russia great again. Or when it comes to Russia, he was going to build back better. De- depending on what side of the aisle you're on, you can take either one. <laughs> Feel free. Go, go live your lives with that. By the way, build back better came from Twitter. <laughs> I, I, somebody listens to my morning show. I appreciate that dude a lot. That's, that's what Putin wants. Well, what if, and I had started discussing this at the end of last week, what if Putin was actually getting emotional about it? If anybody has ever discussed anything while emotional, you know that you don't act on something when you're emotional. You don't make a business decision when you're emotional. You sure as bloody heck you don't make a, uh, a war decision when you're emotional. You don't do it. It's a terrible idea. What if that's exactly what he was doing? He'd gotten himself so wrapped up into the idea of Ukraine coming into the fold that he invented in his head the idea of what would happen. After all, you have those eastern regions in the Donbass. You've got Luhansk and you've got Donetsk. They're ethnically Russian. They clearly want this. And I had said, well, maybe he just ends up with that land and that's good enough. But but he it wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough. He wants all of it. And what if he never took into account the idea that the other things could affect? The other things could could create an issue. The other things could do damage to him. That maybe he wasn't prepared. That maybe he wasn't ready. That maybe his strategy of a couple of bombs here and a couple of bombs there wasn't enough. Because the Ukrainian people would be like, whoa, whoa, that's it? That's all he's got? Oh, we can do this, guys. All right, let's go. Let's go kick some ass and take some names. Let's go get ourselves some Ruskies, right? They could, they, they could feel emboldened. If you don't take away the hope of the enemy, you create hope in them is a very interesting philosophy. He got emotional and figured it didn't matter. He could just take everything. This brings us to Putin's mind. The Daily Mail has a really good breakdown of this and uh, written by Lauren Lewis. And I say it's a very good breakdown because over the weekend, I spent a lot of time talking to a lot of people. And a lot of them were in in the same exact place, the same exact theory of Putin. Well, the first is, is that there is a, a, a long-standing um, story about uh, about Putin 
Uh, let, let, let's call it, a, not, not a story, let's call it a, a rumor, if we will. And the rumor is that he has cancer. That's the rumor. Or there's another rumor. He has Parkinson's. Now, these rumors, it turns out, have been around for a long time. But there is yet another rumor. The rumor is he has long-haul COVID. Now, you got to understand the extents to which he is trying to keep himself from getting COVID. He was showing up places in full hazmat suits. He was making members of his team quarantine for two weeks before speaking to him. He did everything under the sun to keep himself from getting COVID. He was trying to actually get people who were meeting with him to provide fecal samples for tests. Which is odd odd because that's exactly what producer Ari had to do to get this job. Holla. I don't know. I just just the way he does that sometimes. Just just very odd. <laughs> like he was nuts. Nuts. And in addition to these things, there is one more rumor. Okay, we got that. That he is incredibly angry right now. Because this invasion has not gone the way he thought it would go. And he doesn't actually have enough weaponry to make it last. But this COVID one is fascinating. Because long-haul COVID can relate to, and one of the symptoms of it is brain fog. Now, you and I both agree that mandates are a terrible idea and they should be stricken. There should be not mass mandates. There should not be vaccine mandates. It's just as wrong as wrong can be. When business owners do it, it's despicable. Despicable. But I hope we also agree that COVID is real and people have been affected by it. And while many people have uh, died via comorbidity, some people have indeed died of COVID. We shouldn't deny reality. Brain fog is one of the symptoms of this long-haul COVID, which people have indeed had, where it's just taken them forever to feel better. So now you take a guy who is emotional. Now you take a guy who is irrational. And you add to that a brain fog, and he's in charge of the nuclear arsenal? That's a real, real problem. So he's emotional. He's possibly a little bit foggy. He miscalculates the Ukrainians. He miscalculates his own military. He miscalculates how the world is going to respond. And now we have to ask ourselves, what is he going to do to respond to it? Well, if we take a look at just the short history of of Russia and we take a look at Syria, the answer is possibly chemical weapons. Now, I haven't heard people really dig in like that's his plan because that's an ugly plan. It's a valueless plan for him. But I just mentioned the issues. This is also a guy with a serious number of nuclear weapons at his disposal, which brings us to the concept of the off-ramp. 
the off-ramp concept is how do you provide Vladimir Putin a way to get out of this mess and save a little face? Now, you and I can ask, what the hell do we care if Vladimir Putin saves a little face? The alternative is him doing something because you insulted him. We're not arguing whether or not you got to stand up to the bully, whether you got to stand up to the tough guy, whether you got to expel the Russian forces. The question is, how do you avoid something worse from happening? This, kids, is where diplomacy comes into play. And what if Vladimir Putin realized, what if he actually did realize that this was going nowhere, but he was already pot committed? What if he needed the United States to call his bluff or to give the off-ramp so this could not happen? What if he was actually hoping for it, waiting for it, wanting it? And what if the Biden administration simply wasn't capable of doing it because they don't have anybody smart enough? They didn't have anybody smart enough in the Biden administration to know how that's done. There's a lot of possibilities here. But this idea of the off-ramp should not be one that is dismissed. You got to give the guy an out, not because you like him, but because you don't want what could come next. Now, you also want to be able to act in such a way that the Russian people start saying, you know what, we can do better. You know, somebody else can be oligarch for day. Then we that's that was that was my Russian. I don't I don't know if that was considered a, a good impression or an insulting one. But either way, uh, send your emails uh, to Ari. Every time, the team, the Biden team, isn't smart enough. And when people say we shouldn't do anything, we shouldn't give an off ramp to him, but we should just no, no, no. You gotta let the Russian people do that. That's my take, at least at the moment. Putin's already failed on the world stage. This is already a mess. The question is, do you want more out of him? Or do you want him to just stop? Because that's better for everybody. He's going to Maybe he ends up with, with Donetsk or Luhansk. Maybe he does. And all right, that's, that's the win. That's the face saving. But on the world stage, oh, no, 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 no. In his own country, we all know that those things can change. The people who are saying we shouldn't be engaged at all, I believe, are wrong. That's different than whether or not we should send in troops to Ukraine. I don't believe in that in the slightest. But understanding that not all is okay with Putin is a huge part of this. And we only, st- I, 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 I will say we, I'll, I'll say me. I think I only stood, understood part of it. But as I've been learning more, it all kind of makes sense. Putin is not well. Putin did not understand the situation. Putin did not have the strategy, and Putin is not a strategist. Maybe when he was a clear-headed man, that ain't today. I have got so much on this subject. I just wanted to break down this, 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 these theories that are out there and what's going on. Meanwhile, you have over 300 people who are dead in Ukraine. And that is all on Vladimir Putin's head, all on his hands. And don't think, I don't think he shouldn't be held accountable. I very much do. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz.
So I don't know how to say this, but it seems that Saturday Night Live was funny this weekend. Maybe I need to uh, play the alarm. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? They did it. They did a segment, uh, did a skit mocking the people who have just learned that it's <laughs> that the the all the precautions they took for COVID maybe didn't help them. Maybe lockdowns, maybe mandates weren't really the thing to do. It's not like I'm anti-mask or anything. I just sometimes wonder if any of the things we did actually helped. Gina, no, no, no. We can talk about this incredibly complicated and emotional topic. Yes, yes, of course. I will start because, um, for instance, while I am so personally relieved that I'm vaccinated. Careful. I, do, I sometimes wonder if, um, if other people who are hesitant, careful, <laughs> might not have like a valid what <laughs> not valid but but understandable not tonight <laughs> help me i think what she means is maybe sometimes we are a little overzealous when we condemn oh no <laughs> i just think that if people are actually losing their jobs oh no <laughs> careful girl Look, vaccines save lives. Fact. Okay, they stop the hospitals from being overrun. Fact. Where are you up to? But did I have to dump my oldest friend just because he didn't get a booster? It's. I got. I mean, I'm proud of him. Finally. Hot damn. Because it is a pure mocking of those on the political left who did all these things. It's comedy is about the thing that is funny. And when you do funny things, people will laugh. It's not about just deciding one side is good and one side has to be destroyed. Meanwhile... In Russia, the economy is falling apart. Dr. Matt Wills, an economist with the University of Indianapolis. We break down what's going on with the ruble. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. Given the, the, the decline in our rates, our hospitalization, strong vaccination rates, and the CDC guidance, uh, my friends, the day has come. Today we are going to be announcing that we'll be lifting the statewide mask requirement in schools, and that'll be effective this Wednesday, March 2nd. That's New York. Governor Kathy Hochul. No more mask for the kids and just in time for the State of the Union. Uh, I, I meant... Speaker Pelosi and members of Congress. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. That's right. Speaker Nancy Pelosi uh, announcing today that the, the, the doctors have decided you no longer have to wear a mask. 
You no longer have to wear a mask on the floor of the House of Representatives just one day before the State of the Union. One day more, another day, another day. Sing it, Jean Valjean! This never-ending road to Calvary. You sexy bastard. You tell Russell Crowe who's boss. The man who seemed to know my crime will surely come. Wait, hold on, wait. It was actually a Broadway play before it was a movie. How is that even possible? It's funny, right? They've got a state of the union. They don't want people there in masks. So, uh, no more mask mandate. Now, the question is how many of them will decide that this is all political and the science says wear a mask. Uh, how many of them who support people like Randy Weingarten and the teachers unions that want kids to still be in masks because it's scary for the teacher, how many of them will show their solidarity by still wearing masks? That's my question. How many of them had masks ready to go with some kind of political sloganeering? Right? I believe that politicians who wear masks should have to put on there their largest corporate sponsor. Their largest corporate donor, like 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 it's a NASCAR mask. Boom. Yeah, tell us right there on your mask who's who's, who's paying you, so we know what's what. No more mask mandates. But another part of this, I thought this one was stunning. So the Biden administration had said we got a we got a half a billion tests. People, we're just gonna send them out for 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 free. It is. It's not like the taxpayer already paid for them. It'll be free, and you go to the U.S. Postal Service, you can get your test. First, the test came from China, which, uh, as we all know, is... Um, it's embarrassing! It's that. That's exactly what it, what it is. Uh, it turns out they still have half of them. Half of the tests have not been claimed. That's something i thought it was the most important thing in the world testing 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 isn't that what speaker pelosi said for like a million days straight i thought it was the most important thing in the world if you remember uh, correctly our conversation here was uh what what does testing 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 matter to anybody if if i if I, I was, this was Christmas, got off the plane, visiting my parents in Florida. My father is 84. My mother is 74. Sorry, Mom, I gave away your age. I didn't feel well. Next day, I didn't feel well. Day after that, slight fever. I never went to go get tested. I sat on the couch, and my mother made soup because she's a Jewish grandmother, and these are the rules, people. They make soup. Now, maybe you have a non-Jewish grandmother who makes soup, and I think that that's really, really cute that she tries. I'm just saying my Jewish mother, who is a Jewish grandmother, crushes on the chicken soup, and your mother will never be good enough to match her. Wow, that was really super defensive. That was, uh, Producer Ari, that was like unnecessarily defensive of my mother's soup-making ability. Nothing you said was inaccurate, though. That is correct. That is absolutely correct. Get me eight more Jews in here. We'll show you what's what. But I mean, that's what I did. I had some soup. The next day I felt a little better. And that was it. Like, like cigars did not taste good for about a week. And I had, and you guys experienced it because I, I told you about it. You heard it. I had this slight tickle right in the center of my chest. And be, when I, 
I didn't know this until this happened. When I do the show, I breathe differently. Like, I have a whole different rhythm because when I was not doing the show and just talking and doing everything else, I was fine. Not, 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 no issue. Doing the show, I had to catch my breath every now and again. I had that little bit of a cough there. Really weird. I guess it has something to do with the projecting and, and, and everything else. But I never got tested. What was the bloody point of getting a test? What was I going to learn from getting the test? I wasn't going to waste a test when somebody may actually need it out there. But testing, testing, testing is not the answer to a society. Right? It doesn't do us the good that they claim it does. But now, if, as people are taking off masks, and this isn't a, a, a CDC thing, how, what is the, who are they talking to now? Have we finally crushed their ability to dictate to us? Probably not. But we can hope. I'm Tony Katz.